Zingy. Apparently. Lord, I thank you um, for the opportunity to teach. Lord, um, I know that many times you and I are talking about things for a long time, and um, and but that's not always how you do it. Sometimes your revelation comes just in the moment, that daily bread. So I'm asking for this to be your words and not my ideas. I'm asking that... Um, you show all of us what you're saying this hour, Lord, and I just thank you that a day ago I didn't, I didn't know what you wanted to talk about, but today I feel like I do know what you want to talk to about. And maybe it's just to me, but the invitation is to everyone. So, Lord, I'm, I'm asking that we all be able to receive what you're saying, that we be able to hear it with your heart, not my heart, that, that I would just fade away and it would be all what you have to say. Amen. Um, hold on here. I'm going to pull a thing or else I'll worry about spilling the whole time. Okay. Um, the Lord said to me, tell them that I love them. And then he brought me to the Laodicean church. In Revelation 3, 14. So if you could turn there with me. This is the church with the heading in my Bible that is, well, probably yours too, but the lukewarm church. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things say the amen, the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Today, a prayer came forth um, that um, was revealed where I think my roots are deep when they're not. Test me now, make adjustments now, dig deep, fertilize, remove every illusion that I cover myself with and make my roots go deep. Right now, the Lord is pointing out in so many ways that 
we don't want to be in a place that says, I have need of nothing. He is intentionally using the judgments around us to come to bring us to the end of ourselves and see our need for him. Earlier this week, the song came forth in one of the prayer Hungry, I come to you, for I know you satisfy. I'm empty, but I know your love does not run dry. So I'll wait for you. Yes, I'll wait for you. I'm falling on my knees and offering all of me. Jesus, you're all this heart is longing for. This month, I have been scooped out. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, now that I think about it. Um, that emptiness, I didn't really think of that till just this moment, but that emptiness has some real tension in it. I'm not comfortable in that place of needing and being empty, dependent. Faith comes in believing that God is working out something in me and also in believing that he won't leave me empty. That I have need of nothing comes in more than just recognizing our need for the Lord. It also comes um, or in not recognizing our need for the Lord. When I say I have need of nothing, we're, we're not recognizing our need for the Lord. It also is in not recognizing our need for each other, for the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 20. But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there, there, there should be no seism in the body but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. For if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. We need each other, but we don't always recognize it or admit it. It's hard to be vulnerable and empty, waiting to be filled by God. And if that's hard, how much harder is it to admit that we need um, that to admit our need with our brothers and sisters. I find that I can be bare and vulnerable before God easier than I can swallow my pride and be vulnerable with you all. I know God sees my weakness. The illusion or the lie that I fool myself with is that you, I'm thinking that you don't, but you do. It's not, despise, not just despising our own weakness, it's also ministering to each other in truth and love. In Matthew 12, 29, Jesus answered them, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offering and sacrifices. 
Then when Jesus saw that, he answered wisely. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. During our, just during worship, um, a prayer came forth, melt my defenses with wonder and awe at your name. Break down our walls and soften our hearts was the song. That was the response. How do I love God? How do I love my neighbor? In John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. I love God by listening and obeying. I show my love for him by listening and obeying. But I have to see him. When I'm seeing him, I'm being full of gratitude and overflowing. And from that place, then I'm listening and obeying. Um, I can't just decide in my own strength to love him. It actually comes from that encounter with him. Seeking his will and his alone is loving him, recognizing I am not my, my own. Jesus did that with the Father. In John 5, 26, for, has the, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also. Because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection and condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So from that, how do we love others? Listening to each other. Hearing each other's hearts. Recognizing and obeying in my brothers and sisters, in the authority that's placed in my brothers and sisters, knowing it's from God. Seeing each other the way God sees us. Coming alongside each other. Praying for and with each other. Speaking truth in love. Not doing my own will, but the Father's. Which means I have to know his will. I have to be in a constant conversation. None of this comes from, none of this being vulnerable to each other or loving each other comes without coming through the Father, coming through the Lord. If I try and do it in my own strength, it will not be love. It will not be the love that my friends need. It will not be the love my family needs. It will be some idea of what I think would be loving to them, but it isn't what God is saying would be loving to them. 
ministering to each other with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, there are diversity of gifts, 12.4, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. In Ephesians 4, 11, it says, And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In ministering to each other, the narrow road is not being God to our brothers and sisters, but to be by them as they reach for God. Sometimes it means we say or do something, and sometimes it means we don't. We're vulnerable before God and each other in this prayer room. It's not a mistake um, that we have an open mic He fashioned this place with that intentionally. We not only hear our prayers to the Lord for ourselves and our family and our friends, um, but we hear each other's heart. We hear each other's struggles. We hear what we need through our prayers in this room. And in this room, it is beautiful and it is safe because it is a conversation with the Lord and then a response from the Lord back through other people. And that is the perfect love of the Father coming through us all. It is best exemplified here in the prayer room. We hear each other's needs and struggles as we reveal our own. It's live. (laughs) It's live, people. And some of the people that are praying with us and hearing our hearts and our struggles aren't in the room. And sometimes I forget. But they're part of our body. And their love for us comes through prayer. The same way that when we pray with the Lord's heart for the persecuted or orphans or widows, that those orphans or widows may never know that we prayed for them this side of glory. But it's his heart that we pray for Israel. It's his heart. And we know that because we've been talking about it for a while, we can't actually pray for Israel or orphans or widows or the persecuted church 
unless we're in a conversation with him and unless we're looking at him, unless we're seeing him and that glory. We spent all morning this morning praising him, picturing him, hearing about him and our worship and that overflow of worship is love to the world, to each other, to the body, but first to him. Ephesians 5, 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. God rescues perfectly. We don't. Which is why we have to hear him in real time, not presume we know what he would do. Even in our providing help, we are confronted again by needing him to even be helpful. Just like that Laodicean church that has need of nothing, we need him to even be able to be praying and loving the body, it's an illusion to think that we, we don't need him for anything. We need him for everything. In Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in the hearts to the Lord, in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The Lord told me, tell them I love them. A song came forth during the worship, come and touch us. Glorious Father, come soften our hearts. The song Wide-eyed and mystified, may we be just like a child standing in the beauty of our king. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. There were so many songs that were just, open me up, let me see you, and let my heart overflow. During prayer set this week, a lovely image came forth of gratitude and thanks being like eye contact with the Lord. I can see him smiling at me, and I know I have a connection with him. When I have gratitude in my heart and I'm grateful, I can hear him. From that place of connection, I can be prophetic. I can be full of all the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5:22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against 
such thing there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ. If we're honest with ourselves. It's not just admitting our need before each other that we have trouble with. It's also being that neighbor, that friend, someone else, as they are in need. It takes the grace of God to do this. He's called us to do this. He he gives us that grace if he has called us to do something in a situation. Our flesh will rise up and either get us to do more than we should or to try but keep us from engaging in the first place. (laughs) We like our comfort so much. We also like feeling useful. And both of these are ditches. Another thing that came out in the prayer room this week was the prayer to feel more secure in being desired rather than being needed. The idea that it's better to be beloved than to be useful. This It was about leaning into our relationship with God, but it also can be a model of how we love each other. It's better to be a friend than to do for a friend, although sometimes it's doing. It's better to listen and have a relationship with someone than to fix or solve or, you know, we always talk about it like culturally, We go to each other, we go to our spouses and tell our problems, and they try and fix them, and, oh, I just want you to hear me. Right? Right, exactly. We talk about it that way, but it's true of all of us, right? Who doesn't have a friend who said, oh, I'm really struggling with my kids, my work, my self. You know what you should do? Yeah, we all fall into the trap. Um, But... Better is to be the friend that listens and waits on the Lord. Because like we already, like I already pointed out, like we've already seen in scripture, like we already know it's really not helpful if it's not from the Lord. What it sounds nice looks like a good idea, but it's not love. So back to the Laodicean church. In Revelation 3.18, I counsel to you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see as much as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. So the counsel for our correction is to buy gold refined in the fire first. That's the first counsel. Isaiah 4, 3. And it shall come to pass 
that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem, when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering and there will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat for a place of refuge, for a shelter from the storm and rain. And Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I want to be... Hot. In that passage, hot or cold, lukewarm, I want to be hot. In John 2, 16, and he said to those who sold doves, take these things away and do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered what is written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. He was talking about his life to, unto death. That is zeal for his house. So completely given, so completely submitted, so unwilling that anything or anything or anyone would take his place. Take the Lord's place. Psalm 69, 5 is where that comes from. Well, a little further down, but I'm going to start at 5. 69, 5. Oh God, you know my foolishness, and my sins are not hidden from you. Let not those who wait for you, O Lord of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Because for your sake I have borne reproach. Shame has covered my face. I've become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, they became my reproach. I also made sackcloth my garment. I became a byword to them. Those who sit in the gate speak against me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. In the acceptable time. O oh God, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your salvation. This is going to be a short message today. <laughs> Usually I have double the notes. There you go. Just so you know. I saw, and I thought it was for me, but I'm going to share it with you. I feel like the Lord said it's, it's okay to share it with you. I saw a picture of my physical health as kind as equaling a spiritual reality. So I saw things representing other things, like a word picture or a dream. I had gallstones, 
and they represented a blockage, and it took years to find them. Years of pain, years of struggle, um, years of it flaring up and causing something, and I knew something's wrong, something's wrong. But it was hidden until it wasn't, until it was revealed. So the stones equaled the blockage. In my most recent procedure, they put in something called stents. And that equals the pathway, keeping areas open and flowing. In my recent procedure, there was also inflammation, which equaled the reaction to the work of getting the blockage out. Inflamed, right? Swollen, hot, sore. It hurts to work some of these blockages out. Better that they get out. In my recent procedure, there was no water, no food, and just emptiness, which kind of equaled that space. Not to fill. Just leave it. Just leave it open. That's the room for healing. That's where that faith comes, that you're not going to... You're not going to be empty forever, right? But you might need to be empty for this moment so that the healing can happen, so you can have space for healing. There was waiting that equaled that need, just waiting. Waiting till the swelling, the inflammation went down, waiting till food could be eaten again, waiting for the process to be done, Waiting for the next step. Waiting. That one equaled need. That's where I got on my list, but during worship I was also thinking about it didn't stop there. Even the most recent time, after the waiting, there was the rejoicing at eating. <laughs> the simple things first, right? Just a little water, just a little juice. Right? So after the work incorporating a little bit. And don't we get excited if we haven't heard the Lord. Suddenly, we hear the Lord, even just the tiniest trickle, just the barest hint of sustenance, and we're like, woohoo! There you are, God! I knew you were there the whole time. I really did. <laughs> it took so long for you to get here, though, and I'm sort of starving. <laughs> and we can't stop there, and we don't stop there. Too often, Maybe we try and let ourselves stop there. We think, okay, I'm full, full of juice. Woohoo, I can go off. And, but it doesn't last. It doesn't stick. It doesn't stay. You don't feel full. So then the next step is just a little bit more thicker, thicker juice, right? Or thicker liquid than to soft foods, right? Each step, he's going to keep giving you the thing that you need. As long as you stay. Right? You can always get fearful. The doctors told me I could get fearful and back off. Well, you know, you go at your pace, right? If you get scared, you can always back up. If it's too painful, you can back up. Some of that's wisdom. Some of it's just fear. Some of it is not pressing into the next thing. Some of it's being content with soft food. There's verses about that. Pre-chewed soft food your entire life. Guess what, guys? A sugary mocha latte is pretty much mother's milk with all the sweet 
blend it up for your enjoyment. <laughs> you never have to move beyond it. Aren't you excited? Isn't our culture great? No. no. Some of you are longing for that steak, that heavy meal. Some of you aren't content, even though it's nice from time to time to have that sugary, sweet, blended drink, right? That doesn't really sustain. Any of you have done a uh, juice fast nose? Oh, when you get to choose something, that's, that's when you know it's over, right? And it's coming if you want it, if you'll keep pressing into it. So the emptiness is temporary. It is for the healing. And he is doing something right now. We need to be feeling our need. It is like the plant we prayed about at the beginning, the roots going deep. If we don't acknowledge the shallow roots, we are missing the moment. We don't want to miss this moment. There aren't... It's, it's a correction. I love you all. It's a correction. He said, tell them I love them. And then told me, Laodicean Church... And the biggest thing that sticks out to me is I don't have need of anything, right? So in addition to recognize our need from the Lord, we got to recognize our need for each other. There's a movie that Dave and I watch, and it's got these characters in it, and they say they're superheroes. They're wannabe superheroes. I don't, this is not an endorsement of this movie, but I like the line, which is um, this, they're being trained as a team. And the head guy says, repeat after me, I believe in my powers. And they all say, I believe in my powers. And then he says, I believe in the powers of my teammates. I believe in the power of my teammates. Right? We all hear God. We all hear God. Oh, yeah. Met y'all. We need to believe that the Lord placed us together and we need to trust the body and we need to be, learn to be loving the way that he wants us to be. So, Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Tell them I love them. That's it. Short and sweet. Would you like to come up, dear? No heads up, just on the fly. So, Lord, I thank you. You started this with, tell them I love them, and you ended it with, tell them I love them, Lord. And we know that your judgments are for our good. We know that you call us, that you're chastening us, that it's, that you don't want us to miss out on anything of you. It is because we can see you eye to eye and know that you're loving us. We can feel your presence, Lord. We want to continue to encounter you in this room. We want to continue to worship you in this room and go into these places with worship in our hearts, Lord. With praise, seeing you and letting that overflow into our ability to um, listen and obey to you and follow you and your precepts, but also to listen to each other and to love each other the way you have for us to love. Lord, I am sorry 
where I've not been loving to my brothers and sisters, where I've either shied away or I have given advice that's not yours, Lord. In whatever way I've not been loving, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm asking that this be a place that is a a pure and spotless bride, bright and shining, a city on a hill, a company of people holy in love with you and loving each other the way you would have us love each other.